You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 183 with Melissa Sharp. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys. So I am excited to do this COVID-19 series starting today with Melissa Sharp. And I'm going to run it through May. Yes, May, because really, I have no idea when life will get back to normal. So I wanted to bring you guys other moms and their experiences during this time frame. I'm going to be having them talk about challenges of homeschooling, working from home, disappointments that come during a pandemic, uh, enjoying older kids, being under all one roof, keeping your business afloat, how to navigate your finances during this time frame keeping yourself healthy, not just physically, but mentally, and just looking at our life choices during this time. And what are the ways that we want to make the best of this quarantine? Um, so make sure you share this with your friends. My goal is to get these episodes into as many, many mom's ears as possible, because you guys, I don't want anyone to feel lonely or to feel like they're alone in all of this. Um, I really want to pull people together as best as I can during this time frame. So again, please, please share this with moms, especially if you know they are having a hard time. Um, and even if they're topics that you're like, for example, Christy Wright, she's going to talk a little bit about business. But really, uh, the main interview is just talking about her experience being home. She has three little ones, and she's trying to work and do all that kind of stuff. So um, make sure to listen to everyone. I think it will really kind of encourage you and let you know that whatever you're feeling and what you're going through, you might be able to relate to one of the guest stories. So today, we are going to have Melissa back on the show, and you guys know how much I love her. And we're just going to talk about what it's like living a quarantine life in Canada and how that looks different than the United States and also the challenges of homeschooling. So I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Okay, you guys. So for my favorite things segment today, I know with all of us being quarantined and stuck with our families 24-7, there is no better time to figure out your Enneagram number and what in the world does that mean? So if you have older kids, this would be fun for them too and drag your husband into this. So if you haven't heard my episodes with Enneagram coach Beth McCord, make sure to check those out. They are episodes 90, 91, 92, and 130. And you can also take her free quiz and the links will all be in the show notes. But for those of you that already know your numbers and want to know more, I would highly recommend Beth McCord's Discovering You course and Exploring You course. So nothing like the present to learn more about yourself so that you can strengthen your relationships, be a better mom and wife, and take control of your life. I feel like when we understand ourselves better, I feel like we can thrive. And whatever the struggles that we might be dealing with, it helps us to navigate our life better. The other thing that I wanted to say with the Enneagram is if you're looking to connect with your husband, um, since we can't all go out on date nights, I would highly encourage taking the Becoming Us course. So you can take a free marriage assessment to get the ball rolling. So I think that's really cool. And then lastly, if you're someone that just loves the Enneagram and you know it front and back, and you kind of been wondering what to do with your life, um, I would encourage you to consider becoming an Enneagram coach and helping others. I feel like so many people are lost right now and people could really use guidance and this might just be your calling. And um, her program is 12 weeks long. So I think it's great. Um, So all these links will be in the show notes. And if you subscribe to the Mom Inspired Show, it will be in your inbox every week 
You won't ever have to go searching for my favorite thing segments ever again. So make sure to go to mominspiredshow.com and enter your name and email so that you will have all my favorites at your fingertips. Um, if you do have time on your hands and you just want to peruse my website, you can also go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash favorites. And then you can scroll down where you see programs and you will find all the links to the Instagram stuff. All right, let's go to the show. Hey, Melissa, thanks so much for coming back on the show today. Hey, Amber. Nice to talk to you again. I know. It's nice to talk to somebody, you know, during COVID-19, besides my children. Um, (laughs) This is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series. Um, But first, I do want to ask you, I like to ask icebreaker questions, and I feel like this is completely appropriate since I feel like we all need icebreakers in our lives. Um, But I'm changing it up because um, I usually ask about travel, but I wanted to change it up and ask, what do you think the first thing you're going to want to do when the quarantine is lifted? Oh, (laughs) I know. So many ideas. So many things. Probably go shopping. (laughs) To be honest, you know, every day you go into your closet and you're looking at the same clothes and you're like, I've been wearing pajama pants every day for weeks now. (laughs) Maybe I need some new pajama pants. (laughs) You know, I have to actually say that I'm proud of myself that I've not been in pajamas this whole time, um, mainly because I do still work out. So I don't think I would do a very good workout if I just stayed in my pajamas. I probably would be like sitting there with my coffee in my hand on the floor going, yeah, do I really need to do this? But and I really think that has actually helped me to kind of not get into this very down, like, mood. Not to say that I don't have those moments, but um, I do have to say that I feel like that has helped me because I too would be in my pajamas um, if I wasn't working out. So I hear you. But that is funny that you're like, can I add to my pajama wardrobe? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to need some new ones and getting tired of the old ones. <laughs> I do love it. I love it. Um, and yeah. because you live in Canada, which we're going to talk about in a second, um, and you don't have a target near you, I was thinking, if you had a Target, you probably would say that you probably wanted to stroll through Target, maybe with a Starbucks in your hands. A hundred percent. I think that yeah. I miss Target. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like a lot of moms just want to stroll through without the children and a Starbucks in their hand. Um, but let's let's jump in um, to the show. And for those that have not heard our episodes together, share your name with us again, where you live how many kids you have and their ages, because this will help set up uh, the rest of the interview. All right. So Melissa Sharp, uh, I do live in Canada. We are in Ontario, uh, just about two hours south of Toronto, which is a major metropolitan city that most people know. And I'm a writer. I have two daughters and they've turned eight and 12. Yes. Okay. So, so some of some people might be thinking, okay, you're in Canada. Um, what is this, you know, coronavirus looking for you? So how about you just share really quick what your status is right now with COVID? So, so far with COVID, uh, we have, I think my understanding is we've been able to flatten the curve somewhat of what's happening here. Uh the stats change on a daily basis, but we have been on lockdown. So we have been on full lockdown for a few weeks now. Uh, just before our spring break, which was in March, they had canceled school uh, indefinitely. And uh, they have closed everything that was a non-essential service. 
service. So basically just the grocery stores and the pharmacies, gas stations are open and they have implemented um, measures that include fines and um, jail time and so forth for people who have ventured outside of the confines of this, this lockdown. Yeah. So it's an interesting time that we're living in right now. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to have you come on um, with a series and interviewing different women. Um, I'm realizing um, as time goes on, there's moms that are just, you know, I feel like they're kind of, it's all over the board. And so, um, I, you know, and as time goes on too, that could change, right? Like, it's like, okay, we've now been in this and, you know, it's, it's not as exciting anymore, but um I'm just curious, like, so there's these, there's moms that I feel like they're truly under, they're not understanding. They're truly enjoying where they're at because maybe they have older children. Mm -hmm. They're all home. They don't get to see them. Their lives are normally crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is slowing them down. And then there's other moms who are really struggling. And it just depends, I think, on the ages of the kids. I think it also depends on your personality, your like the mom's personality. Okay. And then, um, and, and other things, obviously. And of course we all have our moments where we are in both places and, um, we can be struggling and then we can also be enjoying. Um, but I'm just curious, um, where are you landing the majority of the time? So I do have to say my husband and I had this conversation the other morning and he did make a point for those who have listened to me on the show before, uh, they understand that my husband and I both work from home. My husband owns his own, uh, business and, and he does marketing and design. So we're kind of built for this as a family because we have lived this experience with both of us working from home for the last 10 years. So it kind of feels a little bit like summer vacation for us with our our children home with us full time. That being said, when external things have been removed from your everyday life and you feel confined, you're going to have, you're going to experience a whole range of motions. So though we have experienced this and have kind of prepared for this as a family for quite a while, this has been our lifestyle. Uh, There are other challenges that make it difficult. One of them is uh, me recognizing within myself that I cannot be all things to all people. So, you know, I think what's really big on social media right now, and we'll just dive right into this, is the whole schooling situation. Mm -hmm. So schools have been shut down indefinitely in some states and provinces right across North America. Others, there's a a glimmer of hope that maybe around May, the schools will open back up and there's conversations happening government level about are children going to go to school through uh, the summer months? What is this going to look like? Uh, Has traditional school changed and so forth. And I believe that homeschooling, because I have a lot of friends who homeschool, is a lifestyle choice. It is not a lifestyle that I have chosen because I know my own limitations. I know what's good based on my kids, like for my kids, based on their personality and how we function as a family. So to all of a sudden throw that on my shoulders and think, okay, now I have to start homeschooling, that is an endeavor that it can be crushing. And I Mm -hmm. think uh, what I'm getting from a lot of friends and and colleagues and moms is that it's an overwhelming situation that they've been put in. And I think the reason is this. We 
have so many labels thrown on our generation of parenting. I mean, Amber, we've got like the bulldozer parents and we have the helicopter parents and, and, you know, we've labeled people the millennial parents and, you know, we parent, we can admit we parent differently than our parents parented us. Mm -hmm. We live in this society and this culture that it's just, it's kind of natural that we just think we want our kids to do better than we have done. We want the best for our kids. And now all of a sudden, all that pressure is thrown on us because we don't have any answers. We can't plan out what the future is going to look like uh, and and what's going to happen, especially with the schooling situation. So we think, oh, like my daughter the other day is learning algebra. I don't know how to do algebra. I'm a writer. Like I haven't used algebra. I'm no good doing, you know, 12 year old math questions. <laughs> I understand <laughs> what I, right. I'm like, and she's trying to teach me to and teach her. I'm making, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm making funny faces at her over the table. Yeah. And I just went, stop. Like this is madness. I cannot replace your education. I just have to do my best to supplement what I can. So I actually, with my younger daughter, took more of a, what do you want to learn today? Like, what are you interested in approach? She is such a mix of personality, and I just love her. She's so adorable, but she's so into science and technology, and that is my husband. That is not me. She wants to learn about astronauts and space, and so Mm. we've been watching the Mars rover. Uh, There's a a NASA website for kids. Um, She's been watching, you know, videos from astronauts in space, learning how, how do you wash your hair in space, and what does your food look like in space? And she's eager to do those things. Uh, my older daughter enjoys writing. And so she's been working on a writing assignment where they're watching conflicts um, in certain television programs and movies and stuff. And then they have to write papers based on a, a whole set of criteria that the mm. teacher has laid out for them. And and that's what she's interested in doing and and learning about human behavior and so forth. So I've kind of just been letting them do the things that they're interested in, knowing that the world has not ended. And I'm just trusting that that when they grow up, this time will just be a blip on the radar. Oh, they're, for sure. The, mm-hmm. Right? That mm-hmm. this isn't... Okay, so, so she lost a few weeks of algebra. That's not going to make or break my child. Um. I'm finding that the time that we have together as a family has been fabulous uh, because we've chosen to make it that way. But there are also frustrating moments. I think when we're isolated with our children, and I want to say to the mamas out there, this is a a very real moment for us to look at how we parent our kids and see the good, the bad, and the ugly. For me, I've noticed in my children's personalities the things and their character and their character development, the things that maybe I've missed or not worked on. So with one of my daughters, uh, what's really come out for me is laziness. And I see how she jumps to the negative as Mm. opposed to the positive and she gets lazy And that's been a real eye opener for me because it's my job as a parent to work on those things in her. If if we if we wave the flag and say, "Oh, my child's character is the most important thing to me," 
um, then we actually have to be active participants in shaping that character because they're just kids. Like, come on, Amber, kids get lazy. Mm-hmm. Kids get complacent. Right. I mean, that's part and parcel to being human. But, you know, I grew up with a mom who said, you know, suck it up buttercup mm-hmm. all the time. Like that <laughs> was just a part of her mantra. And I haven't actually done that with my own kids. I think maybe sometimes I've coddled them a little too much. I haven't pushed them hard enough. And so being with them all the time, I'm seeing those things. And so that has been the struggle moments where I've gotten frustrated and I've had to realize, no, I cannot be all things to all people at all times. So how how has it been for you in your home? Yeah. You know, so I feel like we're kind of on our second week of homeschooling. Um, we got packets and stuff like that last week and I was trying to do stuff before and, and it's sad because Serena is in kindergarten and, um, you know, this is really when she's building her foundation of reading and all that. And I just keep thinking, I really hope she doesn't regress a ton because I could tell that when she went to kindergarten, she learned a lot. And so I'm like, wow, like you're learning so much. And that's because I was not meant to teach her. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like she's learning a lot because she's going to school. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, it is stressful. And then the things that they're giving us and the apps that are on the computer and all that, as great as they are, they're not exactly the same of what they were doing. And plus there's not other kids that are doing the same thing. And, you know, it's just challenging. And then I'm like, is this enough? I really don't know. And then you can just feel so stressed out about the whole thing and then feel so overwhelmed. And then you could get mad. And then I'm like, well, what good is this doing for anybody? You know what I mean? So I I actually talked to Serena's teacher yesterday. She was calling the class and, you know, I just said, you know, what is this going to look like if we don't go back to school? Because Tennessee hasn't called it yet as, as the time that we are doing this um, interview right now. And um, she said, you know, we're, she's like, I would just guess that we're going to have to do a longer review next year. Right. Like, so normally they probably do a review for a certain amount of time. Of course, they're going to have to extend that. And so, um, I don't know. It's just, it is a little bit crazy. And then you're trying to figure out like, okay, so they should probably be getting outside too, because it's sunny and then, you know, get them out. And then how long should they be sitting there? And then you don't want them on the screens, but then they need to learn. And then you're just like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not even finishing yeah. my sentences because this is how my mind is working lately. And then I'm like making yes. all the 5,000 meals and cleaning them up all the oh, time. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? And so, yeah. and the grocery bill is $5 million because yeah. you're not going out and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, and then I'm always guessing, well, what am I going to find at the store this week to know what I'm even going to make, you know? And so, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I it's the underlying to the those underlying things that can stress you out that you may not even realize it is stressing you out, you know, yeah. and, and I think the um, the big umbrella of it all is uncertainty. You don't know when this is mm-hmm. like, you don't know anything like you're just kind of in a dark, you know, the best thing that I've been describing, I probably will say this several times over the series, but um, I feel like the best way that I describe it is that we're running this marathon and but we're running it in a loop. You know, some some races are in loops. They're not like you don't run from point A to p- point B, run in a loop. And we're running in a loop. So it feels like Groundhog's Day because you're like, it's like yep. the same day over and over again. You don't even know what day it is. And so, and then, absolutely. 
And then you don't know what mile marker you're on. And you don't know when the finish line is. I mean, can you imagine signing up for that marathon? You'd be like, no, because mentally, how can you handle that? Like your brain does well when you're like, okay, you know how to pace yourself, right? It's kind of like, okay, but when you don't know when the end of the race is, you're kind of like, I don't know how to pace myself. You don't want to completely give up on life, right? But then also you don't want to like burn yourself out trying to go full force realizing, Oh, I got, I have to do this for the next 20 weeks with the kids or whatever. So I guess I need to figure out what is sustainable. Um, and so, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording, um, and I want to touch on this before we end the show is just, you know, disappointments, grieving over things, um, mental illnesses that are going to, you know, that are going to, um, skyrocket during all of this time. And Mm -hmm. all these other things that are going to happen as a byproduct of trying to flatten the curve or, you know, not get the virus, which is concerning in itself because, I mean, what is the economy going to look like? So I think, you know, people are losing their jobs. People are getting furloughed. People are getting laid off. That in itself, I, I don't know how everyone is going to be able to cope at the end of this or during this. So I'm curious what your thoughts are about all of that, any of that, or certain points of what I just mentioned. Yeah, I actually, so I write for an international women's organization called Women Together, and I actually had a blog due uh, earlier this week, and it was a real opportunity for me to touch on this. And um, when I was kind of going through it in my mind, I thought, you know, and, and I wrote about this on the blog, Hollywood has long sensationalized the end of the world scenario, the the Armageddon of the world. And it's always played on the underlying um, fear that's hidden, I feel, really deep in the human spirit, especially when we in our culture like to know what's next. You know, many of us are planners. Uh, many of us uh, would love to be able to see the future. We plan for our future. We like our bubbles. We like our boxes. And we often live lives of comfort. And so it's been interesting to see the sense of panic and fear that has rippled through people. Uh, We've not experienced this in our culture in a really long time, but we have relatives that have survived things like they've gone through the Great Depression, they've lived through world wars. This is not new to the human experience. We have to learn from our history and to not repeat it. And I think one of the things that I struggle with the most is the amount of shaming and uh, I guess shaming is probably the best word for it that people are doing on social media of others. You know, you and I had discussed that there's two different camps. Uh, there's like the, the, the camp of people who are so hard nosed to government regulations and they are the letter of the law people. And then there's the camp of the people who see what's, what they feel is truly valuable in a situation or circumstance. And they're the spirit of the law people. And so you have letter of the law versus spirit of the law. And Mm -hmm. it's like families can't see each other. We are social distancing. We are isolating. And we were not built as a human race to do those things. We were built for relationship. You and I have talked about cultivating mm-hmm. the village many times. Right. And so all of a sudden people are left without their village 
or they want to reach out to their village, but they feel they're going to be shamed or watched. There are snitch lines, like literal snitch lines to the government for neighbors to snitch on neighbors if they see people that are not following the rules. And where do we find balance in the middle and how do we survive this and still keep our emotional and mental sanity intact? I think that the mental health crisis that we are going to have coming out of this is going to far surpass what we see for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I think yep. it's going to affect everybody, and there aren't going to be enough resources to actually help. I feel like relationships uh, will be damaged. Uh, families will be hurt. People will be scarred, and it, and not because they've had the disease, but because they they have feared the disease, and they've allowed that fear to to drive them to think things or to act in certain ways or to spin things. You know, we have the um, immunity compromised. My mother has two autoimmune diseases, and she has been isolating herself. She's been alone for about three weeks. She's not been seeing her grandchildren. She's not seen the family. We've talked to her every day, almost every day on the phone to check in and see how she's doing. And she knows she has to do it to protect herself and she wants to protect her grandchildren. But it's starting to weigh heavy on her mentally and emotionally. And I can tell. Yeah. What can I what can I do mm-hmm. about it? So we have to think about others, not just ourselves. I think for us as moms, we're the ones who basically, let's be honest, we're the nurturers in the family. Not that there aren't a lot of dads who are nurturing. But God did did build Mm -hmm. us to be the nurturers. And a lot of us shoulder, and I've said this many times, like I have a family of four, I think, for four people all day long. Right. And I try to meet the needs for those people. I think a lot of moms are trying to do that right now. And it is going to be very taxing on us. And we're going to come out of this a little shell-shocked wondering where our village is. Uh, I do have some close friends. Um, I did read an article. It was a medical journal, and a bunch of different doctors were weighing in on this. What does social distancing look like? And one of the doctors had said they can see how maybe two families who are in a village together would social distance or isolate together. They would have a pact that they would do all of the things uh, by the letter of the law distance themselves from other people, but maybe isolate and social distance as one family Mm. for mental health and emotional health reasons. That's not a popular opinion Mm -hmm. for in the culture today because people are so driven by fear. But more people than not that I have met are actually doing that with people that they're very close with so that they can maintain relationship and support one another Mm. through this time. And I, I see that. I see the benefits of that. Uh, if if you can follow the guidelines and you can do it together, I think that it can be done really well. But every family is different. I have another girlfriend. She has her and her husband have twelve children. Amber, mm. and they're all in the public school system. They just uh, they just love having kids. They loved 
building their family. And so she has 12 children under the age of 13 from literally wow. one to 13, one every year. I think there's a set of twins in there too, actually. So she's mm. kept, she's kept okay. a year there. Yeah. But she took a break. <laughs> she took a break. And they've had to answer calls because people have been calling on them that oh. there's a large group of like 14 that, you know, yeah. these kids are playing hockey together. And she's like, no, 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 they're, <laughs> they're we live in one house. We yeah. are a family. You We're know, they're isolating. going to the grocery store. Yeah. They're isolating. It looks like panic buying. And she's like, no, this is a week's worth of groceries for my family. And I think <laughs> oh, that's where gosh. a lot of the judgment in yeah. our culture in this is yep. coming from because we don't understand someone's situation or circumstance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I dropped off groceries to a friend the other day. She needed a few things. And so I bought them. I left them on her front stoop and then texted her from outside the house. And uh, I was on the driveway and she was on the porch and we were yeah. chatting and a neighbor was watching us. Oh, And again, she has an autoimmune disease. And so she yeah. hasn't left her house because sure. she's protecting herself. And so, you know, where do we step in and be the hands and feet of Jesus? How do we be the church? You know, we mm-hmm. have to think of the marginalized. You and I have talked about this. You know, it's very easy for us to get um, comfy in our we have homes with hydro and fridges full of food, and we've got, you know, Disney Plus and Netflix, and and uh, our kids have access, you know, our kids have had their teachers call them. Yes, we're going to an online learning initiative right now. We have access to technology and education. But what about those? This just breaks my heart. I was on a prayer call the other day, and one of the women, uh, it was a, a national prayer call, so it was women leaders all across Canada and one of them, um, they've actually, it, she's in a very small town in a, in a, like a cottage country type of area, but they've had five deaths from COVID-19, which wow. is, it's very high for, for this area, for around here. And she said, what about those who are experiencing domestic abuse in the home? Mm. What about those who were on the bridge of it, but the stress of losing financial stability, uh, the stress of having the family home and the children home all day has caused uh, emotional abuse to happen in the home, let mm-hmm. alone physical abuse to happen yeah. in the home. What about the children who are abused? What about kids who are living in homes where they were already neglected? You know, what about those who were already living on the poverty line or below it and they've lost everything? What about the homeless? You know, what about those who, um, who've already been living with mental illness that nobody knew about? And it's revved up tenfold, and they, there's no help for them right now. We have to step outside of ourselves. It's very easy to get wrapped up. And, and again, we have to have grace, I think, for our kids, too, because they've never lived through something like this. You know, they're, they have very little understanding what is happening in the world around them if we haven't exposed them to the world around them. I've had to have a lot of grace for my older daughter when I see her laziness because part of that is my fault. And so I'm trying to teach her now, you know, we're all one family. We have to work together as a family. We need to, you know, roll up our sleeves and we all need to pitch in if this is going to work. We need to um, not buy into the sensationalism that Hollywood has sold us but come together as a community and and just support one another. Call your mom friends with toddlers because they, you mm, know, yes. they are grieving the loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of us 
it's not just the school aspect of the academics, but it's grieving the loss of the social connection that our kids had. You know, my kids were sad because they didn't get to do their spring concert or their, you know, their end of year field trips, which are, are usually a big deal for them, have been taken away not seeing their friends every day. I mean, that's what their world looks like. And it's a lot for us as moms to to take in. And yeah, that's where we think we have to be all things to all people. You know, I've said to my kids many times, I am not your activities director. It is not my job to fill mm-hmm. every moment of your day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. You need to take some responsibility and lean into your boredom and learn how to occupy yourself or use your imagination. Uh, even my husband, uh, you know, he's been working really, really hard. We've had to recognize that um, for my kids, you know, they want to pull him out of the office and they want oh, his yeah. attention. And it's like, but dad still has work to do. You know, mm-hmm. you're not seeing what he does in a day because you're not in the home, but I am. And it's balancing that. Uh, just reminding them, you know, remember what it's like when you're when you're home, even when they're home for summer vacation. I mean, there's lots of external things for us to do. We're constantly out at the parks and we're doing, you know, play dates and they're at camp and we do all these fun things and all that has been stripped away and we are at bare bones right now. How do we, you know, monitor screen time? Yeah. Listen, like that just ain't going to happen because... Yeah. Everything is going on to technology right now. Oh, and right. You know, what are we, like school? But then you also want to give them time to relax and yep. they want to be able and to get outside and, and, you know, get fresh air yeah. without standing next to people. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. How do we, you know, I, I have friends in the medical field. I have a, a girlfriend who's on the front lines. She's the director of nursing for two hospitals. Wow. And they saw this coming for quite a while, and they had mm-hmm. been putting measures in place. And so, you know, I was talking to a, another girlfriend of mine who's a practitioner, and and I said, I, I have a friend that I that I really want to reach out to. And she said, sit on the driveway and mm-hmm. because it's beautiful outside yeah. and just put your chairs six feet apart. Don't completely separate yourself from people. You have to do your due diligence and and put in motion the guidelines that we have been given. Mm-hmm. But you still, we still have to be there for one another. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking yeah. about, um, I have a friend that has a birthday this month and... Um, <laughs> just me sitting in my car and her on her porch. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's way more than six feet. So, you know, just things like that, you know, it's just that trying to figure it out because yeah, we can go through this for a couple of weeks. Right. But like, I, I mean, how long can we do this without actually seeing other people? And I mean, I get it. We have FaceTime, which thank goodness for that. I mean, I cannot imagine if we did not have the technology that we do today. Yeah. I mean, we we would already lost our marbles, but um, it it is amazing that we have that. But, you know, hearing people's voices and then but then also just seeing them, you know, it it really I think that's the thing that's going to make you think twice, you know, when we come out of this. And and that's a question I want to ask you. Um, I have two questions before we end. And if you have anything else you want to add, feel free. But I wanted to ask you. I know that you are really good about building a community anyways and and staying on top of that. That is a strength of yours, which I always appreciate. But, you know, when you go back to normal life, though, what are some changes that you think you're going to implement that you have seen through this time frame? Hmm, That's a really good question, Amber. 
Uh, I think for me that I'm going, I, there's always something more that I can do, to be honest. Um, I think reaching out to, uh, oh, that's a really good question. It's hard. I think that, um, stepping outside of our comfort zones, I think for me, I am just as guilty of, of staying in my comfort zone and really enjoying my bubble sometimes. And I have to be more willing to step outside of my comfort zone and not, and that being, okay. So let me explain it like this. When you are someone that other people listen to, or, you know, the people that, that read my writing or the people that I I lead in ministry and so forth. And, um, you're constantly watched, like people want to see what, you're doing and what your life is like and and so forth. There's always that little voice in the back of your head um, that tells you, you know, you have to be aware of what other people think of you. Mm -hmm. And I need to let that go. Even though I'm, I'm generally a person that I, it's not that I don't care. I am very mindful of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm, I'm confident in who I am. And I've actually in the last you know, six months had to go through some rough, uh, a, a pretty rough situation where I held my own and I realized mm. it, it doesn't matter to me where, what this person thinks of me. And, um, the more I keep my mouth shut, the, the, the better it will be for me in the end. And it was, it was really practicing that where it's like, I'm going to let my character shine. Um, and, and that which is within me and the spirit that is within me more than my words. And I need to step out of my comfort zone and even shed that even more. If a neighbor is going to watch me because I'm dropping off groceries to a neighbor, to another neighbor, then that's what's going to happen. Not to leave people behind. And, you know, I've always said that it's, you know, the motto in my house is leave no girl behind because I've just taught that to my daughters. Right. I think I need to rev that up even more and step Mm. out of my bubble even more. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, so we're at the end. Um, I am trying to keep these shorter because I know everyone has their kids at home and, you know, it's kind of hard to listen to podcasts <laughs> and scream at your children at the same time. <laughs> and, make that, and make that eighth meal of the day. <laughs> um, so, Melissa, um, what would you say you do for yourself on a daily basis to help you just kind of have the best mindset and, you know, to not lose your marbles, you know? as you wake up and start your day every day. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, uh, my girls love playing games on the computer and uh, they they have this one particular game that they, that they love to play on the iPads. And I've been letting them, I've been giving them more time to do that each day mm. because I know it sounds terrible, but um, it gives me time to be alone. Yeah. Where they're, where they're, I'm not getting mom, mom, yeah. mom, yeah. mom. <laughs> And my husband thinks it's hilarious to of just course. walk through the house and just go, Mom, Mom. Of course he Mom. thinks it's hilarious because it's not happening to it's him. Because it's not happening to him. I'm like, what just boggles my mind is moms of little ones, if you think that it's going to get any easier as they get older, my girls are eight and 12, mm-hmm. and their dad will be sitting in the in the room with oh, them. Right. And they yeah, they don't even ask. Yes. In I the know. house to ask for a snack. You could be I'm in like, the furthest room going to the bathroom with the door shut, and there's a tap, Mom. Ma, you're like, mom, whoa, mom. dad was sitting right next to you. Right there. It's not even a thought. It's like mom, ruler of all things. Yeah, yeah. And so mm-hmm. just just um, easing back a little bit yeah. on, on 
to that, give you time. That control. Yep. Just so I can breathe. Yeah. I think it's good for them because, yes. you know, they see that mom is flexible. Yeah. And we all have to be flexible during these times. We, mm-hmm. we just do. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I think it's better, you know, to have them beyond that longer so that you can get your mind right and yeah. take a breath versus losing your crap and yelling at everybody later yeah. because you didn't have it, you know? So I think this is where we're going to have to really figure out which one's better, right? Like, is it this or is it that? And so we're in the other world that we lived in before all of this. Yeah, maybe we want to pick that, but we're not living there right now. So we have to adjust and be flexible and things are going to look a lot different and kind of like what you were saying, giving the kids grace, but also giving ourselves grace. Yeah, Please, yeah. moms, give yourself some grace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, give yeah. yourself grace. I feel, honestly feel like if it, it's picking, letting your kids watch something longer or whatever versus you feeling like you're going to be a bad mom for letting them do that and then screaming your head off or just being so <laughs> mad, right? And then making everybody walk on eggshells. It's way better to just let them watch the show. And that's why, yeah. we're, why we're at, that's why I want to do this episode because I want... I think other moms need to hear that. And because people are not talking to their friends like they normally do, I don't know how much people are actually able to have these conversations. And because, because listen, how easy is it to get on a phone? It's not, not when the kids are all home. So it's different when moms could get together and the kids are playing. But when you're trying to keep the kids apart and you're trying to not physically be a certain distance to each other, I don't think that people are talking as much and stuff like that. And if you are awesome, but I just feel like there's a lot of moms just feeling super isolated right now. And so I just want, I want people to hear different moms perspectives, hear what other people are saying so that they don't feel like they're the only ones in this and feeling like they're making bad decisions or they just need someone to give them permission to be like, okay, I can do that. Okay, cool. I'm not going to be like a horrible mother. No, you won't. So anyway, No, one day at a time. Yeah, one day at a time. Just take it one day at a time. You know, yeah, you made the the Groundhog Day comment earlier, and it it does feel like Groundhog Day. Yeah. We will come through this on the other side. And moms, just remember, you cannot be all things to all people. And you just open your eyes in the morning and just choose to remember that this is the day this is the day the Lord has made mm-hmm. and I'm going to get through it. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. all you got. <laughs> yep. All right, Melissa. Well, I appreciate you coming back on the show. It's always so much fun. And, you know, I just hope that it gives mom some permission or encouragement to know that they're not alone in all of this. Absolutely. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email, and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests' information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.